Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents. It's one person coming in from China. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will gonna all be great. We're going to be so good. This is a pandemic. The Betches Sup Podcast. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Hello and welcome to the Sup Daily Corona Cast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And the Coronacast is your daily rundown of all the latest news on COVID-19, how we're getting through it, and just how close we are to ending this crisis. Let's get into it. Happy, happy Friday. I feel like we've made it. I do too. I always get really excited for like this podcast recording because it's like, I don't, I don't, I wake up and I'm like, yeah, it's Friday, but I don't have anyone to really talk to about it. And then I'm like, oh, I could talk to Sammy in an hour. I know. It's it, is like, it is nice to have like scheduled Corona discussion time. Totally. It compartmentalizes. Yes. Yes. Shall we, shall we jump into it? We shall. Okay, so as of this morning, there are about 34,000 coronavirus deaths in the United States with around something like 670,000 cases. Um, Speaking of death tolls, so there's like a lot of news out of China and their uh, purported death toll this week. So they're revising their tally, or at least in Wuhan, uh, raised the city's tally of COVID-19 deaths by about 50%. Uh, They added 1,290 deaths, bringing the city's total to uh, 3,869, which is weird because before they did that, the national death total was around 3,400. These numbers so, are straight up fiction. Yeah. Let's be honest. I had a it's, hard time like comprehending the article I was reading about this because I was like, what is the city? How does the city have more than the country? What the fuck? It doesn't. These numbers are a lie. Like, yes. As much as, as much as, uh, you know, Trump wants to blame China, like, Parts of it are their fault, and the lies about the case numbers is definitely one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think these were mostly people who died of COVID like symptoms that were never tested. So New York City did something like that and got a big, uh, had a huge spike. And I remember Trump actually kind of like criticized de Blasio for doing that, right? He was like, now you're inflating your numbers. But China said it was doing it for transparency, which is like really the le- like a very tiny bit of. Of towards transparency for them, but like they, the we're demanding transparency from people and then flattering them when they do it. But it's it's something, right? I mean, we should be more transparent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but their cases, like we said, their cases are all off too. Like at the start of the outbreak, some patients who tested positive and didn't show symptoms, like were never included in official tallies. Um, this new count also comes after it leaked that China's leaders uh, didn't tell the public for about, they knew for about six days how bad things were, specifically like how things could transmit. Um, and they just didn't tell anyone for six days. And as a result of that, it's estimated that 3,000 people became infected and that's like enough to cause a global outbreak, obviously. This also comes as China is not being very transparent about most things, obviously. They're imposing restrictions on the publication of academic research on the origins of the coronavirus. I've been hearing a lot about this week, this this week, like where did this come from and how. So the country is now like vetting all policy papers. The government 
gets to scrutinize academic research and say what they can, what they can release. Because um, in the background is all these questions about like where the virus came from. This week it came out that U.S. intelligence agencies largely believe it was organic, so it came from nature, a bat to something else to then humans. They're like, like the U.S. is like, we definitely believe that, but we're looking into the possibility that it was accidentally came out of a lab, wasn't like a bioweapon, but apparently there's a big virology lab in Wuhan, and they're wondering, there had been inspections of it in the past that were inadequate, and now there are questions about maybe if that's where it originated, but the government intelligence agencies seem to be saying, like, we're looking into this, but we generally believe it was nature and not a bio, something weird. Well, CNN had what I felt was kind of a misleading headline about how like it it might have come out of a lab. Yeah. And they make it seem like it was like a bioweapon. Whereas like I think in either in either theory, it was an accident, whether it was out of the lab by accident or from an animal by accident. Um, and I think that this is a distraction. I think like, so too. From the, yeah. from the other malfeasance that China and the United States are engaging in by hiding cases or just trying to like artificially depress the numbers um, or, you know, the fact that there's a lot of sketchy things going on with how they're distributing supplies or not distributing supplies to the states. Yeah. So to me, this is a distraction. It doesn't really, whether it came from a bat or it came from a lab by accident, like I don't really care because we're still stuck in the situation. But it's annoying because it's going to give Trump like his favorite thing is to blame China to deflect blame from himself. And so right. all, already his like allies in Congress are like, yeah, we need to look into where this virus came from and like being real, like suddenly everybody is a China hawk that, that wasn't a couple weeks ago just because it like looks good for the president and he can legitimize defunding the World Health Organization. Well, maybe if you're a China hawk, you should think about how to get jobs and products made in, you know, made in America <laughs> rather than in China so that we're not so reliant on them for things like cotton swabs for testing. Like, right. like yeah, we can, you should be anti-China, but like do something about it. Give jobs to Americans and pay them a little bit more to produce things than you would if you go to China where they don't really give a shit if you pay a child's one cent for per day. Like, you know what I mean? So it's all just like misguided. Yeah, these are not new ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, let's defend China. But like, you're going after them for like the wrong thing because like it's sketchy and it's titillating. Like, did it come from a lab? Like, who cares? Right. Like, does it affect, does it affect, does it bring people who died back? Like, no. Exactly. Um, yeah. I also saw a headline or a story that was that um, U.S., intelligence uh, agencies knew about this in November. And so that pushes the timeline back even farther. Terrific. Right. I know. I was like, as I was reading that, I was like, oh yeah, Chinese officials, there was a six day lag. And then as I was reading that, I was like, I'm pretty sure there was a headline about the 70 days that the United States lost because the president did nothing. Right. Like, like and, and travel from China, which is not recommended ever. And the difference is in the six days, they didn't know, they genuinely probably didn't know what was going on because it's a truly new, that was the first six days versus like 70 days where we all knew what was going on. And right, where we had models telling us exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the um, Paycheck Protection Program and the economic stimulus um, so yesterday, the $349 billion Paycheck Protection Program ran out of money, meaning all of the small business loans um, that were all the money for the small business loans has already been allocated and distributed and there is none left. So if you didn't get it, sorry, 
that's basically the American government to its yeah. small business owners. Um, so that money, um, the conditions on that money was basically like, it was called a loan, but really it was a grant as long as a small business uses it to pay for their employees' paychecks and retains them throughout the crisis. Um, and if they like keep their employment over a certain level, I think it's like 75%, they don't have to pay it back. Right. So it's a, it's a pretty good deal um, if you abide by it. Um, and they calculate like the amount you get based on your payroll. Um, so, but that's out of money. And there were a yeah. lot of issues um, with businesses that still haven't even been able to like apply or access it, um, whether it's because they work with a small bank or because they're not banked at, maybe they're not banked at all. Um, they didn't have like a place where they could apply for it. Even bigger banks like Chase and Wells Fargo um, experienced a lot of technical difficulties with people getting their applications through. So it was sort of a crapshoot if you were able to take advantage of this. Um, and that's how, you know, the hand of the free market works. Um, right. So, <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, in addition to the Paycheck Protection Program, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program is also dry. So fuck off, people. Yeah. No money for you. Two weeks, we had some money. Yeah. Um. So they basically now know that they need to come up with some additional economic relief measures because a ton of businesses were not able to take advantage of this. And it really, a stimulus really kind of only works if you help everyone because regardless of what the Republicans think, we are all impacted in the long term. And if you have so many businesses going under, they're not, they, that's, the economy is not going to recover. Yeah. Um, the same way it would if you had fewer people going under. Um, so there, Congress is basically, in theory, trying to renegotiate a deal, um, but to figure out additional economic relief measures. But one thing that's tying it up, obviously, is the fact that Democrats and Republicans don't really agree on the specific provisions of the bill. Um, one thing being additional funding for state governments and hospitals. I'll just let you guess who wants to give the funding to the hospitals and the state <laughs> governments and who doesn't. Um, yeah. There's also um, the, the Democrats want to attach more, more of the funding to any legislation that offers relief to businesses. So they want some of the money specifically channeled through community-based financial institutions that serve women, minority, and family-owned businesses. Because when you have something like this where there's like a huge pot of money being distributed, there's a really high risk that it's going to only go to people who have the most access um, to, you know, a, a financial institution, you know, have good relationships with bankers. Like those people will probably get through first and we'll get to this later, but there, um, there was a headline that people who are millionaires ha can file for like 1.6 million in tax relief. Yeah. I mean, I saw just loopholes allow like up to 90 million, like taxpayers are paying up to $90 million just because of exemptions in this for, mil for, for millionaires. And I also heard a story about like people, wealthy people claiming that they use their yachts as a small business because they let people charter them several times a year getting these small business loans. So like their Airbnb, their little like side hustle Airbnb yeah. <laughs> yacht isn't thriving as much as it was supposed to like, if you had a yacht, like really, you weren't like leasing your yacht in February. Sell your fucking yacht if you're poor. Like I don't know. 
Like your right. yacht is the relief program. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Okay. But of course, like, you know, it's again, it's that quote, rugged individualism on the way up, socialism on the way down. Right. Yeah. Like if you have your yacht, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're not going to have to give it up <laughs> um, unless you're Bernie Madoff. Anyway, so there are reports that some companies are getting better access to the loan program than others. Surprise, surprise. Um, Florida-based steakhouse Ruth's Chris. I hate that name. Ruth's Chris. Who's Ruth? Who's Chris? Like, why is Ruth possessing Chris? Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Ruth's Chris uh, secured $20 million in loans administered by the SBA. Potbelly, which is based out of Chicago and has over 470 locations, received $10 million. So, I mean... The fuck? We do employ a lot of people, but that's so much money. But that's like, I guess a small business is considered any business under five that employs under 500 people. But if this Chicago-based sandwich chain has over 470 locations, yeah, it true. sounds like they, they probably employ more than 500 people. Exactly, right. And like, I don't know how, Ruth's Chris is like the place you go to. Like, you're always like, you're always charging your meal there. Like, you can't afford it anyway. What do they need $20 million for? Ruth's Chris. <laughs> What is a Chris? Is it a noun? Clearly. Anyway. um, But okay. So enough on Ruth's Chris. Um, They should be paying us for advertising at this point. Um, Yesterday, in regards to the progress of this um, new economic stimulus, yesterday, our favorite Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, said there's been absolutely no progress. Shocker. Shocker. Um, I'm sure he's really torn up about it. And I don't think that they're back until the end of next week. And plus, they're all over the place. So they have to do everything by unanimous consent either. How so are they going like, to travel back? Um, did you hear what Susan Collins said about Trump's performance with the pandemic? No, I didn't. She said it's been very uneven. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? That's bizarre. That sounds like a performance review that's going to end badly. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. But she had a chance to give him an end of year performance review and she gave him a big old yes vote. Yeah, that's true. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So let's go back to a topic we discussed yesterday where Brian and Elise discussed how conservative protesters are defying social distancing guidelines. So there were protests, I believe, in Michigan, Ohio. Um, Personal opinion, I think that was arranged by an active measures campaign. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. Um, Ivanka Trump is actually one of the people. She's not in the protest, but she is, I suppose, protesting in her own way. Um, because she posted a video the other day that said social distancing saves lives and asked her followers to do your part. We're all in this together. And then she flouted federal guidelines by traveling from D.C. to the Trump National Golf Beds- Golf Club Bedminster in New Jersey to celebrate Passover. And she's still there. Jared's back in D.C. Um, we all want to do this. This is what? the point of why it's hard. We all want to travel. We can't. Right. I know. A way to set a fucking example. But okay, maybe she was privy hip to these these reopening the country guidelines, uh, even though they do not apply anytime uh, remotely soon. What a monster. Okay, so so yesterday the White House uh, gave some guidance for reopening the country. This comes less than a week after Trump basically proclaimed that he had total authority to decide. Now he's saying like, nope, balls in your court. You're going to call your own shots to the governors. I'm sure this was because enough people told him that like, you know, if you make them responsible for this, they have to be responsible for like the outcome. So, you know, if they decide to rush it, it's on them. Um, Even though he's going to continue to say like, open up, open up. He's saying that there are some states, some rural states that like could open up in the next few days. But he told all 50 governors like, you all can handle this. You're very capable. Even after like a week ago, he was saying to Gretchen, ha- calling Gretchen Whitmer, Gretchen half Whitmer. Oh, back to that. God. Yeah. Um, so they unveiled the guidelines and then unveiled them yesterday. Basically like here are all the things that we can do in the next six weeks, as long as we have testing ramped up, as long as we have screening, as long as we have contact tracing, which is like, we have none of that shit. So I don't know how we're supposed to do any of this because all of this sounds really exciting. Like it says the reopening can happen over three phases. And the first, the first phase is after like a two week reduction in cases. Um, After states numbers go down, 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 um, states can look into reopening restaurants, movie theaters, gyms, and churches. So, but they have to like maintain social distancing. So you can open a lot of like large venues. The only reason, which sounds counterintuitive, but I think the only reason you can do that is because you can usually implement social distancing. So like bars can't open because I guess the idea is that people really crowd bars. So they can't open, but restaurants can't. So schools should still be closed. People should still be working from home. All of that. Basically, like maybe you can go out to eat. Um, and the second phase, cases have to have gone down for a month and that's when schools and I guess like summer camps can open. I think most schools will probably be closed, have the close, the schools that have closed, I think are unlikely to reopen for schooling at least. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's time for them to really reopen. No. Right. I mean, yeah, 
So daycares can open and there can be more non-essential travel, the White House says. Um, and then the third phase is after six weeks. And that's when like people can start visiting hospitals and senior homes. Vulnerable people can behave more normally. Um, companies can sort of, these sort of say like, if you can still do telework, like you should do it. Um, but this is when like some of those restrictions can move down. Like that six weeks is when things can sort of start to normalize, but except for like huge gatherings. But again, I don't, in the back of all of this is like, we need more testing and screening. And frankly, I have no, I frankly like pay very close attention to things and have no idea what the fuck is going on with testing or screening. Yeah, there is, I do not believe that um, they have significantly ramped it up to the, they've ramped it up definitely, but not to the level that it needs to be. And there's like, a national strategy. No, there is. And right. Especially if you have people traveling between States, like what does it matter? Like, it's, right. I mean, this sounds amazing. Like when I read this, I was like, oh, this sounds so nice. Like we're going to go like back to normal. But then like yeah. my rational brain kicks in and I'm like, okay, but every, the it's, it's just because you have a decline in cases doesn't mean you have zero cases and you really only need one to, to get it going. Right. That's how and the peak, the peak sucks. Like the peak is the worst because then the next day you don't suddenly climb down. Like, no, the next day is just as bad as two days ago. Yeah. And you still have like new cases and you still Tons. have people with it who are still infecting people. So you're going to continuously have more. And like, personally, I wouldn't feel comfortable going to a restaurant, even if people were six feet away, like at this point. And like, how are restaurants going to operate at 50% capacity? Exactly. It's not like their operating costs go down. Like they still have to pay for electricity and supplies and workers. And now they have to pay for masks. Right. And, and disposable menus probably. And it's not like they can like, like raise their prices tremendously because nobody, the consumer is out of money too. Yeah. It just like seems very idealistic and then it reminds me, I'm like, oh, you actually can't trust anything this administration says. So like yeah. this document is meaningless. And I mean, it's weird because, it sounds great, yeah. but like, I love for it to happen and maybe it will happen. Maybe it's a more seasonal virus than we thought. And maybe it really will decline. And maybe like they are ramping up testing enough that it's helping and people are being more cautious. So maybe it's possible, but like you might see a rebound also. Right, right, right. And all of these, it's like, yeah, if you open up your office, they say you can do that, but you have to be able to take people's temperatures. And like, even like, that's, I guess my impression from all this and is you have like, to have you know, desks counties, six feet apart. Right. What the fuck? Who has desks six feet apart? No, I heard WeWork is sort of trying to like change there. And I was like, how WeWork are you? WeWork is still in business? I, know, like, I was like, how do you have an on? extra penny for what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> it's probably just like a PR move for like good grace before they inevitably have to shut down. But yeah. yeah and so they're like, okay, but this is still up to the governors. And uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo already said yesterday, we're on pause in New York through May 15th. And as of 8 p.m. tonight, we got to wear masks when we can't socially distance. So it's weird. It, but then at the same time in Florida, as of today, some beaches have reopened. So the dissonance is wild. I have whiplash constantly. Didn't the, the beaches... The beaches just closed. <laughs> the beaches were the problem. But again, this isn't about public safety. It's about Ron DeSantis kissing Trump's ass. Like when you just make it what it's really about, it makes a ton of sense. It's true. Right. So, the states that open earlier, there's gonna have they're gonna have something in common. <laughs> that's what like freaks me out about like the uneven 
to use Susan <laughs> Collins' word, response to the pandemic, which is that like we there's no borders. I know Republicans think borders are magic walls, like yeah. that zap you when you cross them. But like there's if New York is open and I don't know, Maryland isn't, and you have someone who goes from one to the other, like that that case is spreading. Right, totally. It's like, okay, so let's say like, okay, it's been it's been 14 days in Georgia and we're good. We've had, but then like the county over the line in Alabama has a ton of cases. Why is this that why does Georgia get to open its fucking restaurants? Like Yeah, people from Alabama will drive over. Right. Uh, well, apparently like some, you know, governors are forming alliances, right. confederations, if you will, you know, in the Northeast. Right. On the West Coast. <laughs> I don't want to imply where that brings my brain, but <laughs> you don't have to be that imaginative. You really don't. A confederation is what they yeah. call it. It's like a, a you know, a, a federation of states that have like this central government. My favorite thing was that um, at the Michigan protest, some of them were holding Confederate flags, even though Michigan is a, was a union state. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, free Michigan. Yeah. From who? What are you talking about? Okay. I think what they're freeing Michigan from is the fact that, okay, obviously Trump has it out for Gretchen Half Whitmer. That's number one. And then there were these protests. Okay. In 2016, there were like Russian people on the internet, like from troll farms, who were able to actually arrange protests to happen in America. At one of them, they were able to get a Hillary, a fake Hillary doll inside a jail that. cell on like a flatbed truck. So if these, if they're able to arrange, if they were able to arrange those protests in 2016, I really think that these were arranged in that capacity because it's just like, that's the first, like, it just seems like such a, there are yeah. Americans protest their own safety. Yeah. There was something even if you are a diehard Trump supporter, like I just don't think you're gonna be the one. It's very dark. Yeah. It's very dark indeed. I am sure we will we will hear more about how it went on. But um for now. Also I'm not the also I know this sounds like me speculating, but (laughs) there's um this this like academic scholar who specializes in like voting everything voting her name's yeah, jennifer yeah. cone on twitter yeah. you can find her she's an expert and she also ha- thought the same thing interesting i'm gonna go read that thread now yeah terrific all right sammy until the end of COVID 19 i'm amanda duberman i'm sammy fishbein and this is the bet to set podcast the bet to set podcast is produced by amanda duberman our podcast managers are mike coscarelli and sean kilby social media by amanda duberman artwork by Brittany levine the sup is created by sammy fishbein be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com. Betches.